Welcome to the first ever edition of the P4YB Football Podcast, hosted by myself, Jamie Riley, alongside Thomas Holstone, James Parsons and Daniel Riley. Join us as we look back at the weekend's action. Hello! Right, we'll start off with Man City 2 and Leicester 5. Uh, anybody want to throw something into it? Anyone want to get started on that one? Can I just say hooray? City fucking lost. So I'm <laughs> <gonna do> that. <laughs> get your little reaction on that. Oh dear. I would do like a run around the room but I got my headphones in. So there we go. There you go. I'll put, a laugh, put a laughing face on. That's all you're getting. Brilliant. I'll give you a, <laughs> give you a thumbs up. I'll find a little fact for you. It's actually the first time in 686 games that a Guardiola side has conceded five goals ever. That is true. And I heard that fact. And I did a bit of research myself on that. Do you know how many times a Guardiola side has scored five or more goals in them 686? 646, sorry. I'd say um, about 60. You're going 60. Scored, scored five goals or more? Yeah, his side have scored five or more. Well, mate, it's got to be over 100 easy. Look about, look at when he was in Barcelona, the fucking destroying teams like there were nobody. Yeah, I'm going for the same because even as cities destroy teams. So it's got to be over 100. I've got about 150. Well, it's, it's half that. It's 76. But still, I put it in percentage, and it's eleven percent of his games they've scored five or more goals. I don't think many teams could actually have that claim. No, but not many teams. He's managed Bayern Munich, uh, Barcelona, and Man City. So you know, there is that. There is that. I really doubt any other team's going to have that level of play. (laughs) Well, here's another one for you. Only three times has a player scored a hat trick against a Guardiola side, Vardy being one of them now. Okay. Do you know who the other two are? Three times. Um, go, well, Ronaldo? Not Ronaldo. Benzema. All three times have been at Man City as well. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll go... Oh, it's quite recent, isn't it? Uh, so, the... Salah? The... Salah? No. They were like... So one's in the Champions League... And one was in the Premier League, and it was like a couple of months apart, about a couple of years ago, I think it was. Harry Kane. No. Are we even close? You're close Wait. with the nationality. English. He's an English striker. Danny Ings. One of them is. No. <laughs> Do you want me to spoil it for you? Uh, well, yeah, we'll be here forever guessing. Yeah, we will. We will. One of them is Lionel Messi. Who scored a hat trick against Man City? The um, other one uh, is Jamie Vardy. He's done it twice. Oh, oh come on, that's oh, cheating, that. It's the same person. Sorry, Matt. Oh, dear. So the other one also become the first Premier League side to score three penalties in one game. That is true. So a little fun fact for you. How have you got Don't all know. my facts? Uh, I probably went on the same website you got, went on called oh. Twitter. Oh, no. Beautiful thing. Yeah, he's got the Twitter page up. Interesting Premier League facts. <laughs> I did have one more. <laughs> I have one more for you. And it was that Vardy is the first player in 16 years to win two penalties and score two penalties in the same game. But I'm going to ask you again, and you're not going to get it, but who was the last one to do it in 2004? At least it can't be Vardy. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'm give rich. you a clue as well. It's a Liverpool player. He was in Liverpool. Robbie uh, Fowler? No, he wasn't there at that point, was he? Pretty late. Yeah. 2004. Did it have been Barros? Milan Barros. Oh, well done. Yeah. Good, good shout, that is. Fair play to you. We'll go with some, we'll go with some questions. So we got... At the minute, the Man City are about to spend 40 mil on uh, Ruben Diaz, apparently, from uh, Benfica, which means they've now spent 400 mil on defenders, if it goes through, which puts them like fifth on the spending of actual defences in terms of against armies and militaries and shit, which is <laughs> fucking mental, <laughs> to be honest. But the way I see it, you've got Aguero injured, you've got Gabriel Jesus injured. They're only striker now, 
is Liam DeLaff, a 17-year-old who's played once. Do you not think they need to be looking elsewhere, not the defence and looking up front? Nah. Their midfield's too good to to not have a stroke, if that makes sense. They can play very well in midfield. You know, you've got Kevin De Bruyne, you've got... Um, oh, David Sterling. Silver, David Silver's gone. Yeah, yeah, you got De Bruyne and Sterling between themselves. You know, they're going to be banging loads of goals, especially De Bruyne. That goal is quality. But is Sterling a decent enough makeshift striker? Because that's what they've been doing with him. No, he's not a striker, he's a winger. And he'll miss better yeah. chances, he always has them. Yes and no. Yes and no. He's got the pace, he's got the ability, he's got the skill. His finishing's not great, we know that. But as a temporary situation... It's better than what it was. It times it well, was I think 2016, yeah. his shooting wasn't didn't get us eliminated from the uh, Euros, but may as well off. He was I shocking. Tried to get in that. <laughs> Absolutely shocking in that game, in the Iceland game. Uh, got us eliminated. He had two, three clear shot chances. But obviously Guardiola's come in, changed his shooting, but it, like Tom said, he is better as a winger cutting in. Um, but in answer to the question. If they're going to sign a big money striker, for example, when the other two get fit, who's getting dropped? Because you can't play all of them. And like Paul said, with the midfield, who do you drop? So you spend a lot of money. Get someone in on a cheap. Get Peter Crouching. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's busy at the minute, but you never know. Well, I'm not saying necessarily go and spend 40, 50 mil on fucking whoever, but 10 mil, 20 mil on a slightly proven striker. It's like a potential backup when you're in this uh, fucking. Who are you getting potential? Danny Ings or someone like that. How is he proven? He's not exactly a proven striker. Danny, he's not a proven he striker, is. but you put Danny well, Ings in a Man City squad, he's going to score goals. A few, yeah. But you really well, he's score he's scoring goals at Southampton. I was going to say, he hit 18 last season or something. Yeah, since, even since lockdown, he's been firing on all cylinders, banging the goals in. He, he'd be good, but you would. More than 20, easily. Southampton would be asking 30, 40. Well, to be fair, though, Man City have got that to to throw. They've got that to throw, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't Cavani still knocking about on a free? Or did he join Uh, someone? He was meant to go Benfica. I don't know if it went through. No, I don't think it did. Yeah, it did. That'd be a good short-term deal. Yeah, but those wages. Do you really want to pay all that for, how old is he, 34, 35? Proven, though. Yeah, not, in the, not in the Premier League. League. No, not really. True. No, he's still a free agent. There you go. I mean, that that would make sense because you yeah you're paying him whack on wages, but you're not spending thirty mil on his transfer fee, so it evens itself out. And it is City. Manzuki they have got millions well. to boil. Yeah, I was going to say they got millions mm-hmm. to burn. They could get anyone really. Yeah. Okay, get Jacko back. <laughs> I Not a bad signing. Shekhar's a good <laughs> player. Love, Still love doing that bloke. He's doing um, bits. FIFA 13, class. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're going to reference um, FIFA to a player a lot. Yeah, that's where I get most of my knowledge from, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on then. So, Leicester obviously had a good start. I think they've won all three. The they've the just won 5-2. Top league, yeah. The top of the league, realistically... Looking at that, obviously, give it a few weeks and teams start selling that. Where should Leicester be aiming to be finishing realistically? Top four. Top four. Yeah, for yeah, last too. season, top four. They've got to be. So, Quite what about if I said this yet? Leicester title contenders? I wouldn't say no. Not, yeah. I wouldn't say, say no, okay. but it's not impossible, but it's unlikely. Uh, yeah, you saw it's, it last season. They just struggled towards the end. Slot. I think. When was it? January, February, when they just started coming to a bit of a hole, so they were hitting that wall and they just couldn't, couldn't get past it. I don't think that, that, that halt was called uh, COVID lockdown, mate. We all hit it. We didn't have much choice. <laughs> but Dan, you well, said no, that, they're not strong enough. No, I think. Go on, Dan. I think Liverpool are too strong, and I think Man City are a ridiculous side. The strength they've got. They'll be. I think they'll be like last season. They'll take a couple of knocks like they did at the weekend. But I can't see Leicester overcoming either Liverpool or Leicester. I do think top four 
Will I say they'll get top four? No, but they'll be up there. Okay, so what are they missing? What what do they need to take that next step? Back up, essentially. Vardy's gone. Who are they playing? Midfield. Yeah, since sure. I mean, yeah, they, sure. Sure. they need fast, faster on the wings. Um, yeah, I mean, talking of pace, Vardy's his pace is ridiculous, isn't it, Vardy? For his age. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think if Vardy gets injured, who who's stepping in and getting goals? It's a oh. fair shot. It's like Joe said, Ian Nacho, and he's not going to fucking score. <laughs> no, he's not going to do the job. <laughs> well then, moving on. Anyone got any more points to put into the Leicester and Man City? Or should we skedaddle? Uh, yeah, City on. lost. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to celebrate again, Tom? Love <laughs> 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 it, love it. Um, well, we'll move on to the giant killing of the weekend. Chelsea somehow grabbing a draw at West Brom. I still don't know how they did it. But 3-3. Free, free. Who, who got the better end of the, the deal there? Obviously, Chelsea before the game would look to win. West Brom would take a draw. But 3-0 up, you throw it away. Who's going to be a bit more frustrated there? West Brom, easily. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'm going to be a little bit biased. I'm going to try not to be. But... Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> You're a newly promoted side. You tipped for relegation straight away, obviously. We haven't, obviously, we haven't been able to spend as much. You're coming against a team who have just spent 200 million on uh, Kai Havertz, team of uh, nah, um, who else are the signs? Thiago Silva's coming. Yeah, yeah you've got Thiago Silva coming on the free. Uh, ben, ben Chilwell. Ben Shilwell. Yeah, um, yeah, that new keeper, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, Mendy. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Um, yeah, you got such a quality top sides who will be pushing for top four. You know, the, I think they made the Champions League, didn't they, last season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got a Champions League team against a newly promoted team with two quid to spend. It's always going to be an uphill battle for us. I think to go 3 0 up at half time was. Ridiculous! It, I can't believe what I was watching. If I'm honest with you, I was going mad, fucking throwing my niece in the air, celebrating. Yeah, <laughs> <It was laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't admit to child abuse. She's still in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to go through and up is. I think yeah, it's going to hurt to concede those three goals, especially. Dead in the dead end of the game. What was it like? Ninety fifth minute injury time. Ninety third. Yeah. The way we lost. Yeah, you know, I'm not happy about it, but it's the the law of the game. What can you do? Well, we're going to come back to that yeah. in a little bit. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to go too much into it. But the confidence that will do for the boys, especially you know, Callum Robinson, who's was it last scored in the Premier League against Chelsea about two years ago, was it? Two, three years? Last 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 season it was. Oh, was it? Last season. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He's coming. Back to Bryce. Yeah. Uh, who else scored? Bartley. Cole Bartley with the sexiest touch you'll ever see for a, for a defender. I mean, that was a little bit naughty. But, I mean, just do the... I do, I do think it'll do them the world of good. So, yeah, you've gone you've, at home to Chelsea, you've gone three and a little half-time. Yeah, lessons to be learned, but... Looking at yeah, you gotta look at all the teams in the Premier League. We haven't had a pre season, barely any time training together, essentially. It's got, just Do you think though, Parton, that results gonna have a positive effect on the baggy squad? hundred percent. Considering considering how it happened. hundred percent. For us it's two points dropped. Yeah, you know, I know Lampard obviously come out in his interview, which I thought was quite arrogant of him to say he was put two points dropped for them. I'll do, I, I kind of get what he's on about because obviously a team like Chelsea should be beating West Brom any day of the week. Of course you are. But when you look at the game, that's not two points dropped for them. That's a point gained. When It wasn't, yeah. It was how it happened, but I'm not sure if it'll give you much confidence because from the week before against Everton, you're conceding too many goals. Yeah, so it's kind I mean, of like, mm, I mean, we, we are. Can you score enough to balance that out? Like I said, there are lessons to be learned, but the fact that, you know, we've even Everton, Everton are a cracking side now. They're looking brilliant. Chelsea, they've got the talent, obviously. Yeah. We've scored, what, five goals in two games? That, how can you not take a positive from that? 
Well, I'll give you another one on Tom's point there. West Brom were the first team since 1963 to concede 11 goals across their first three games. So that's a little bit of an alarm bell, surely, for for the defence. We love our bad records, don't we? <laughs> Keep them wrong. Yeah. I've got a bad record for you from Chelsea's point there. They've actually conceded more Premier League away goals than anyone else since the start of last season, which is amazing for Chelsea. They've only got one clean sheet in that time as well. One clean sheet in 21 know. away games. That's yeah. Right. So, and I mean, to be fair, I think it's very easy to just say that's all Kepper, isn't it? Because there's going to be a few of those games he's made that mistake. If you haven't well, made Kepa that was, mistake... Kepa wasn't. You can... Oh, you mean the... Sorry, I thought you meant like the uh, the West Brom game. I was like, you weren't even playing. Well, was, uh, <laughs> no, no, well, I it was, mean... It was Willie playing. Yeah. <laughs> Willie dropped... Big Will. Yeah. <laughs> Willie dropped the ball. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Oh. I don't know where, where they go. I think with Chelsea, Kepa obviously made, has made a lot of, you know, fuck-ups. That, that's why he's kind of potentially being replaced with that Mendy. Was it Mendy again, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously he's, they're looking to replace him or at least have someone to, a bit of competition to give him that kick up the arse that he, he desperately needs. But their defence has still got to take, you know, a lot of flack, you know, poor, poor zonal mark, marking, man marking, whatever it is, you know, they need to fix it big time. Yeah, they need to get they, the shit together. Who, I was going to say, who have they got? They've got Sillison, Rudiger, Aspilicueta. Who else have they got? Zuma, Marcus Alonso. Oh, Marcus Alonso, Zuma, Chilwell. Here's, Chilwell. A fun, here's a fun fact for you. And I wish I could get the video and show you. Ajay outpaced uh, Marco Alonso in that game as well. Gareth Bale, it was beautiful. Not the ball yeah. past him, just ran round him. I'm thinking... Fuck man, this is not a six foot, somewhat stupid bloke just sprinting. Oh, mad. Long legs, oh, yeah. isn't it? Less steps. <laughs> it's all good. So, I'm going to ask you, Parsons. I know you've got obviously a lot to say on West Brom. There's a lot of talk about transfers and getting a striker in. You know, is it a disaster on deadline day if a striker's not coming and Callum Robinson's the man that leads the line? Oh, yes and no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Charlie Austin and Harry Robson Kanu can do a job for us. I mean, I know I've been a massive critic of theirs, but you know, the last season they both got what ten goals each, eleven goals each, yeah. and all that. They can, yeah, they can score goals. Yeah, Austin's obviously ancient now for a striker. Harry Robson Kanu watches. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't love you, man, love you. <laughs> Uh, Robson Kano again he's not getting any younger so it'd be nice if we got in a, not, you know, a young striker so, yeah, I'm more than happy to dip into the championship league one league two try and find a little gem you know, find our Jamie Vardy but if we don't I don't know I, I don't think I'd be bothered too much because you know I know it's a bit of a wild comparison but us and City we, we like our attacking midfielders don't we and I think in the small similarity that we have got with them, our midfielders like Pereira, Diangana, now we've got Kravinovic back, even Livermore, you know, they like scoring goals, banging in goals. Last season we had, what, 21 different goal scorers, was it? So, yeah. You know, we can play without a main striker. So I wouldn't mind too much if Robinson was the guy leading the pack. He scored two against Chelsea. That's going to give him a hell of a confidence boost, that is. So, should, yeah, it'd be interesting see to see what happens. Tom, I'll ask you the next question. Uh, so the talk really? when the season started and Chelsea went and spent £200 million was yeah. that Chelsea are going to challenge for the title. Is it a case that they just need time to gel or is this a team that's just not going to challenge? Very difficult to say, so as you've gone through a bit of a rebuilding job if you're bringing in that many players. At the end of the day, it may have just been a freak result against West Brom. You yeah. don't really know, but it kind of has precedence. If last season they were struggling as well defensively, from what Dan was saying, especially away from home. So, to be honest, you've kind of got to say they could challenge, but a lot's going to depend if they can actually fix that defensive frailty away from home. Because that's, seen, that's what always kind of happens when you're away from home. You're outside your comfort zone. You're in new environments. You need to keep it tight at the back and then probably 
even big teams have to keep it tight at the back when you're away from home. Because it doesn't matter how well you can attack, if you're going to concede constantly, um, that it won't really matter because you're going to have to outscore your opponent. And if you can't do that, you're still going to lose. So it doesn't matter how good your attack is. So yeah. they definitely can mount a title challenge, especially with fucking some of the players they brought in, like Tavia Silver and Werner. But I don't know. I think they'll be fourth, to be honest. Fourth or third. Fair point. Yeah. I just If they can't defend, they'll just have the same problems like United and everyone else has. Who's in that, like Spurs, United, Chelsea, they're all, they're all in the same boat. And Arsenal. Their defences yeah. are just not good enough. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with Tom. I do think they need some time to gel. Yeah. Bringing in so many new players. Don't forget, you're still under a new manager as well with Lampard. Yeah. You still don't know if he's any good. Yeah, he, he walked into a you know an already ready-made Championship derby side. He's walked into a Premier League side of Chelsea with a lot of money to spend. Obviously, not last season. Obviously, they had the transfer embargo. But this mm. season, yeah, he's been given 200, 300 mil at least to spend. It's a lot of new players. I think it does need time to gel, get the chemistry up between your players. You know, start. Get, he needs to find his best eleven because he doesn't even know who his best starting eleven is. Let alone, you know, who he should be starting week in week out in defence. Let alone midfield, attack, even goalkeeper. He doesn't even know who to start in goal. Uh, I don't think. I think they'll be pushing for top four this season, but next season I think they'll definitely be one to watch. One hundred percent. If they can get it right, definitely. Yeah. Because they do have the players. It's just you don't know yet if they're actually going to mix together. Because you can have good players and it doesn't mean your team's going to be any good. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you can have the ingredients, but it doesn't mean the dinner's going to taste nice. You've got to get it exactly. right. <laughs> Dan, anything you want to add on to the Chelsea West Brom game? Uh, no, obviously, as Tom was saying about the defence, they had what, Alonso and Silver both made errors leading up to the baggies goal. So, yeah, I think they need to sort that. Obviously, Ben Chilwell, uh, getting fit is important. Um, but, yeah, I think like uh, the other two lads just said, need time to judge. I did think they'd run away with it to start with, to be honest. I've just assumed strong side. They'd automatically come come in and just tear apart the uh, Premier League. But it's clear they're still getting to know each other. Well, all getting to know each other. Um, but, yeah, on Tom's point, yeah, boy, next season, I think they will be up there as a total contender. Well, as a newsflash, whilst they're playing in the Carabao Cup right now against Spurs, they are 1-0 up to with Timo Werner scoring. So he might be finally break the duck now. Thanks for that, Cammie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. Yeah, at least you didn't miss it. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> right, we'll move on to... Uh, We'll get Tom celebrating again now. Brighton 2, Manchester United 3. Probably 2-2. Two, two. I don't know what the score was. It's the not celebrating, mate. Someone <laughs> scored. Kind of a, we won. That's, that's it. I'm not celebrating. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, it's the, I'll ask you first, Tom. Obviously, it's a win, and a win's a win. But in typical yeah. Man U fashion, they've stumbled over the line to get the three points, which seems to be the way at the moment. And with yeah. a penalty. Scored yeah. by Bruno Fernandes. Yep. I feel like we're living in the fucking Matrix over and over again, the same bollocks. But it's on a loop. <laughs> yeah, it is. But is there a point where you say, all right, it's not working with Ollie. It's time to try a different, or does he merit having this amount of time that he's getting? Unfortunately, no United manager merits any time. I mean, he's had enough time anyway. I mean, how long's how long? I just, I, with Ollie, he's not experienced enough. I mean, who's he really managed of any significance? I mean, it's Cardiff. Cardiff, one and, I think uh, he had. Moldy, or whatever they're called. Moldy, Moldy, yeah. Moldy bread. Is that really. Cardiff. Yeah, and he got relegated. Mm. So is that a pedigree of a United manager? Really? I, I just think it doesn't work. He, I want to counteract you there, Tom, because you said that's not the pedigree of a United manager, but look where Fergie come from Aberdeen. They're not exactly, you know, a big team. They've never really been a big club. Maybe north of the border, but, you know, worldwide. When he was at Aberdeen, didn't they do one the Europa Cup? They did, yeah. I think they won a European Cup. I was going to say, I'm sure sure they won something. So he did all right there. 
And at that time, in the late 80s, early 90s, it's not the same as it is now. You could probably build a bruiser team and basically kick someone off the pitch and win the league. I mean, Leeds did it constantly in the 70s. So, and also you didn't have all these prima donnas who would just wouldn't turn up if they didn't get their way. Mm. At the end of the day, United's problem is, at the minute, the midfield and the defence just does not work. Lindelof is not good enough. He makes too many mistakes. He just needs to be dropped and there needs to be someone else brought in. Problem is, who would you put into that spot? Because again, Bailly is not exactly the best defender either. They're kind of cut from the same mould, just one has more pace than the other. And the other problem is Pogba. As soon as he's in the centre of that, that CDM spot, he can't play properly. He's a cam. He'll always be a cam because he can't pass. He can go past people. He can do the skills. And that's fine if you're on the edge of the opposition's box where you've got time to get back. But if you're a CDM in your own heart, passing it to the opposition or losing the ball because you're trying to go past somebody, guess what? They're going to go straight up and almost score, probably, especially in the Premier League. So as you can tell, I absolutely hate Pogba for that very reason because... Oh, Grant Sooners, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Please take him out of CDM. Put him at camp. I want to throw a question to you, Tom. Um, yeah. As you mentioned about Pogba playing as more of an attacking midfielder, with Bruno Fernandes obviously looking the better player, he's doing pretty good yeah. in that role as it is. Are you going to drop... Let's say you can't sell Pogba. He's with you for the end of the season. Do you just bench him and that's it? Leave him until Bruno Fernandes is injured? Or do you try and, work, try and find a way where you can play both of them? Or do you just... Yeah, who'd you drop? Who'd you play? You would play Fernandez if there's going to be one camp. They can have maybe two or three. It depends how you're going to structure the team. But the way Oli's gone is four, five, one with two CDMs. And Pogba's always been one of those two CDMs. And that's why it doesn't work because he can't play out from the back and he can't pass properly. He can go past people. That's fine. But the problem is with Fernandez, he's always going to get picked. So if we can't sell him, I would leave him on the bench. I'd rather play Van der Beek and say McTominay with Bruno Fernandes if that's the formation you're going to go with rather than Pogba. Because Pogba can beat a man. He can score a wonder goal. He has got talent, but compared to Fernandes at the minute, especially at the moment, Fernandes is the better player. So if we're stuck with him, we can't sell him. Stick him on the bench. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. That's fair. I'll go to uh, yeah. we'll go to Dan for the next question. Going on his point, if Pogba loses the ball, they get through on goal. Who do you want saving that shot, David de Gea or is it time that Dean Henderson gets his pop at the cherry? <laughs> <sighs> Tough one. Because um, the thing is, I think as a shot stopper, one on one. David De Gea is incredible. He uses hands, feet, legs, arms, everything. He just is just in them situations. He is unbeatable. It's the mistakes he's making are the long shots. And if you're saying one on one, I'd want De Gea. But I think if I was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I'd be starting Henderson. I think he's proven it for the last. How long has it been at Sheffield? You know, two seasons, or was it three? Uh, it might be three. I think he got promoted with them. No, no, two. Got promoted. Yeah, he's been, he's uh, been at least prem. two. He's been at least two. And I think he's, he's obviously come to United, signed a new long-term contract to fight for the place. Season started. David De Gea has already messed up. We're on what, game, game two for United. He's played two games. He's already made mistakes. Henderson's played one in the League Cup. Granted, against a, a weaker side in Luton... Um, League One sides, you know, there's no decent sides in League One, but um, he's kept the clean sheet. And I mean, what what more does he do? Does he do like? I think I think um, original question one on one to Haya, but I think Dean Henderson needs to be given a chance. Fair point, Parsons. I'll come to you for the next one. We'll move over to Brighton. I'll throw some stats at you, and then you tell me. All right, I'll throw some stats and I'll ask you a question. So it's Brighton's fourth season in the Prem. I'll tell you, their first, second and third season, how it finished. First season, they finished 15th. 
They won nine games. They scored, I think, 54 goals and conceded 36. Second season, they finished 17th. They won nine games again. They scored 60 goals or something like that and conceded 41. And then the next, last season, they finished 15th. They won nine games again. They scored similar goals again. They conceded similar goals again. It's a very setting trend now. They're doing the same thing, winning the same amount of games. There's not much point difference. Is it a case that they're still on their feet or are they lacking ambition? Do they need to be pushing on now this season? 100% they're lacking ambition. They're, I think they're, they're a side like, say, West Brom will be and Villa will be. You're just, you're just surviving. You need to look, you're looking to get the 40-point mark and then just go from there. You can relax a little bit, breathe a little easier and then kick off from there. That's all they're doing. The, the, you know, they're not going to fight for the Cups. They're not going to fight to go higher in the league. I don't think they've got the quality to do that, but yeah, you, know, you never know. You know, a little ambition. Potentially, they could, you know, they could possibly push their way up. You know, they can produce shock results. They nearly, you know, how well the battered United on the weekend. I mean, they hit the post like five. Was it five times? Something stupid like that. Five yeah. times they the most the... ever any teams yeah. hit the post in the Prem. Yeah, the bat- I watched them actually day highlights. The battered United. It was ridiculous. So the potential's there but I do think the ambition's holding them back a lot they're just concentrating next game next game try and survive get to the 40 point mark and that's it that's when they'll probably go onto the beach chill out a little bit take it as it comes but I think a little bit of ambition there potentially a new manager who wants to push on they've got the potentially got the team to do it I mean, I'm using the word potential a lot obviously I don't really know the ins and outs of the Brawlers squad I haven't looked at them too much but the results you know they can pull out good results shock results you know they've been consistent for the last three seasons now why not push on are they an attractive side to sign for if you was a player and you were given a choice between say Brighton and West Ham who would you go for because Brighton just don't seem like an attractive option to me. Depends where I am in my career. If I'm still <laughs> yeah. winding down a bit, I've got the seaside. I probably would go to Brighton. But no, in the in the heat of it, I probably would go to West Ham if I was in my peak. It depends what kind of player you are. I mean, it, yeah, it, if, as you said, you know, if you're coming towards the end, Brighton obviously looks great. You know, you're going to get played. You've got a beach down the road, you know what I mean? You can chill out, fucking sorted your loving life if you want to if you're a very ambitious player you want to go to somewhere like West Ham I mean I know there's a lot of everything's all up in the air with West Ham at the moment but you're in London you know, the capital you got, you're more likely to be seen and poached from West Ham than you are in Brighton because they, they will attract better players they will attract the better managers they've got the money the location why would you say no to to them over Brighton. So that is the fault of them not having ambition down to the club and its reputation or the actual manager? Manager and owners. I'm going to interject in a second on that that point. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the manager's only going to get so much ambition from the owners. If the owners aren't ambitious enough to inject a little bit of money to get a little bit better players to push on, the owners are probably just saying, yeah, get us safe, keep us in the Premier League, get the team your money, job done. Who cares? You know what I mean? They've survived another league, you know, another season in the Premier League. They don't want to go back down to the Championship. But, come on, Jamie. So what's your uh, interjection? I was just checking a stat for me, but first on the manager, Graham Potter, <laughs> I think, is incredibly underrated. I'm slowly but surely now we're talking about who's the next England manager in that his name is creeping into that conversation now and I think rightfully so I think we're looking at the next guy that's going to be the new Sean Dyche or the new Eddie Howe he's, he's got a lot about him and he seems to know what it is on the terms of the owner lack of ambition in 20 years or you could go less than that 10 years ago they were in League One now they're a stable Premier League club in 10 years is that a lack of ambition? Okay, I'm going to pull Wolves as an excuse. Uh, excuse. 
Example. Example, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I've only had four hours sleep. Leave me alone. Uh, no, but what was it? Three, four, four seasons ago, wasn't it? Wolves were in League One. They were rotting away from their grace from the Premier League. You know, got destroyed in the Premier League, destroyed in the Championship. League One, they found the footing. They've come up, smashed the Championship brilliantly, come to the Premier League, and they were, they were in Europe. That's ambition. That, is that ambition or is that money? Because the owners that were there when they were in League One aren't the owners that are there. Now, they brought them in League One, and yeah, fair enough, they splashed the cash. But if Brighton's owners had that money... What's to say, Brighton are not up there with oh, yeah, with, with the money, you'll have the ambition. I think it goes hand in hand. It's all well and good being Graham Potter and having his Brighton squad and going, oh, I'd love to be in the Champions League, but then going, mm, we'll play defensively week in, week out, just grind out the three points or the two points or the point, like two points, the points. Um, you know, get the draw, get the win here and there, get to the 40 point mark, and then that's it, relax. You know, all yeah. owners had the ambition to go, you know what, fuck this. Spend, 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 get, attract all these big players in. He had his, you know, his dealings with Jorge Mendes, getting the big names in. And look at them now, you know, the, the Europa They're losing, yeah, losing 4 0 to West Ham on the weekend. What a team. That's the one I, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to love that. Again, well, that's I'm our just, next game. Yeah. So we'll just one last point before we get to that game. Look, if you think about clubs like QPR who did the same, they go, let's spend, 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 get the big names in, but it doesn't work for everybody. This is always the problem. Just because you spend money doesn't mean you're going to guarantee that you're going to win. Oh, no, there's, there's no guarantee so, of success when you spend money, but I think the right scouting and spending the money will do wonders, like Wolves. QPR was buying any, any old person and like, yeah, big wages, all this money, you know, big spending... And the, yeah, they brought a lot of crap. That's the problem. That can be the flip side of ambition. You can say ambition is a good thing for one reason, but it can be a bad thing as well. It could ruin your club ambition. Well, you think, I would, yeah. I would argue with QPR. It wasn't necessarily ambition that ruined mm. the club. Just a man named Harry Redknapp who and that guy, went on yeah. to ruin Portsmouth. <laughs> it did. It did ruin Blues a bit. You know. Hey, it got Portsmouth to Europe if I remember rightly. So yeah, yeah, and then Portsmouth. <laughs> I don't know. The season after he left, the money problem started, and all of a sudden, now look at them. But what about the fans? They probably enjoyed those uh, few years where they won shit. So yeah, and I bet they've been depressed for the past five. But who am I to judge? <laughs> we'll move on. We'll go to West Ham Wolves four 0 West Ham. Probably the upset of the weekend, in my opinion. I don't think anyone's seen it coming. But I'm going to start with you, Dan, because being the only Hall fan to ever grace the earth. You know of a man named Jared Bowen. So he scored twice. Yeah, scored twice on the weekend. But before that, he hadn't, he'd only scored one in 22, which isn't a great stat. But then to flip that stat, since the start of the 2017-18 season, he scored the third most amount of goals out of every player in the top four divisions, which just goes to show how well he played uh, at Hall. But do you think two goals, is it a turning point for Jared Bowen now? Or is it just a flash in the pan moment? No, no, it's a massive turning point. Because um, last week, um, I don't think he started, which surprised me because he's 24, um, maybe just turned 25. But that stat you pull out about him as the uh, top goal scorer in the top four leagues uh, doesn't surprise me. Because, top what, sorry. Third top goal scorer. Third, sorry, third. Salah, Salah and Aguero have got just... Well, <laughs> Salah's on 50, is yeah. miles ahead. Aguero's on 38, I believe. Is it 38? Yeah, and Bowen's on 36. Yeah, see, being, <laughs> he's having trouble settling in at the minute at West Ham, purely because he's come from a team where he has been the main man. He's almost been like in that Lionel Messi role, that kind of free role, just... Go where you want, do what you want, get the ball to him, score. Obviously, he's gone to a Premier League team where he's not the main man. There's people around him. He's playing as part of a team, which obviously he was doing at Hall, but everything was through him. Everything was going through him. When we needed the, uh, when we had the ball, it's where's Bowen, where's Bowen, get it to him. And he scores, he's got pace, he's a finisher, both feet as well. He's good with his head. Um, 
I think he scored in his second game for West Ham, I believe. I think they won 3-1, I think, at Southampton. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't actually scored since then, but I noticed he has been coming off the bench a lot. But I think two goals, it will turn for him. He will be starting and give it two years at least. He will be in an England squad and you can bank that. Well, we'll, we'll come back and then we'll have this chat in two years, mate. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're not right, you're sacked. <laughs> so, replace me with uh, someone else. Yeah, yeah, we'll find someone. People like this stuff. Tom, I'm going to come to you. Well, I'll ask your Wolves question. I don't dare ask past yeah, yeah, yeah. question. <laughs> it won't end well. uh, you um, always want to celebrate first, or should I just let you have a cheer? I had a cheer. I'm not that bothered. <laughs> as long as Germany win. <laughs> so. Last season, Wolves finished seventh, but they're the only team in the top eight not to qualify for Europe. Surely, that's an advantage for them, having now playing less games and not a squad with depth, really. Yeah. Should they... Obviously, last season, they were going towards Champions League and they could come off it a little bit towards the end. Should they realistically look at this season and go, if we're going to make the Champions League, this is the season? I don't know if they'll look at it that way. I think they'll aim lower. They'll aim at the Europa League because there's just a few too many teams to make that a viable ambition, competing for those top four positions. Not competing in Europe definitely is an advantage for any team, because especially if you're not playing in the Europa League, because Thursday nights and sometimes you're coming to play the first game on Sunday, I just think is ridiculous sometimes. It's just, especially because if you're travelling to like Blimmin, Romania or the arse end of nowhere in Eastern yeah. Europe. But I definitely not the Champions League. But I think they'll see it as an advantage to actually try and get into the Europa League. You've got to do steps, really. If, say, you finished just below, next season you're, you should aim just to that bit higher. And I think that's where they'll aim. Okay. Especially because it just... I don't, yeah, I don't think their manager would really be that confident in his squad to get Champions League. I think he's too level-headed. He'll know where they're going to finish. He'll aim, yeah. he'll aim for the Europa League spots. If they do get Champions League, though, I'll uh, I'll celebrate because you know I know it pisses you guys off. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't care again. I know uh, Parsons. <laughs> well, come on to you, Parsons. West Ham have made just one sign in the summer, which was Thomas Suchek. Is it a team that should now realistically be fearing the drop, or is this result against Wolves an example of what they can be doing this season? Um, the quality is there within the squad. It's. I think they remind me very much so of Man City when they first had all the money. Um, they had all the good players, but it just didn't gel. It didn't work. They were just getting battered week in, week out. They just weren't getting the results that they needed. This West Ham side have got potential in there with you know, with some of their players, like Jared Bauer. You know, he's a quality player. He's got you where he needs, but he's just not getting the game time. Uh, Mikel Antonio, brilliant striker, but... Yeah, it just doesn't seem to be going as well for him. I think they just need. I think they need to sort of sack David Moyes. I don't think he's that good. I think he had his glory days at Everton. He's just gone down all ever since. Get yourself in a reliable manager. Probably going to get hate for it. Uh, Pulis, Big Sam, someone like that. Someone <laughs> just to shore up that awful defence. Because their defence is... Passes, can I just stop you there? They've had Big Sam a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, they're not having But, yeah, you've had different players. And, you know, they could just been awful players that they had back then. Yeah, I, I not necessarily Big Sam, the need, but someone who could, who's quite good defensively minded to fix their defence up and then work from that. Because they've got the midfield, they've got the attacking players. It's... I do think they will be fearing the drop though this season, 100%. Um, especially if they don't get any more players come through the door. I don't know what they need, um, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, but I do think a little bit more investment. A new manager, because I've never rated David Moyes since, since he left Everton. <laughs> Christ, <laughs> he's he done awfully United, Ralph Sociedad. God knows where else he's been. Well, Let's hope David Moyes never watches this podcast because <laughs> uh, we're going to make it feel great. Anyone want to add any more to the West Ham Wolves game or ready to move on? 
That's 4 0. That's 4 0. There you go. Beautiful. Definitely a shock. We'll move on then. We'll move on to the key talking point from the weekend, and it's the Tottenham 1, Newcastle 1. But most importantly, not even a, I don't know what you'd call it. I can't call it a penalty because I can't justify it as a penalty. It's fucking mental. But before we go on to that, I'll give you a nice stat based on this game. Since 2006, when Opta first started taking the data, the 97th minute goal from Newcastle is the latest any team has scored with their first shot on target, which <laughs> typifies that game to a T. Fuck yeah, that's not a good yeah. stat to have, is it? It's not the best. But Do we all agree it wasn't a penalty? No, no yeah. chance. Yeah, no I, chance. Can't, I can't. Understand. I understand the argument for it. The whole if it hits your hand, it is. But come on, he's not looking at the. You're not even looking at the ball. And he's jumping as well. Obviously, he's using his arms to jump into the air. He's not. He's not looking at where the ball's obviously going. The guys, yeah, Eric Dyer's just trying to get his head in in there. Ball, no chance. See, his hand's not gone like stupidly high. Do you know what I mean? It's gone up by all means. It's sort of that is there. Yeah, it, it's, it's not, like that, isn't it? Yeah, when you jump, yeah. you do that to give yourself it's, that. You're pushing yourself. That's how I lift the weights in the gym. Twice. You don't know what gym is. You lift your pants. Good, I'm good. Go on, sorry, Dan. No, I've watched it probably about six, seven times now, and how it's been given, especially with VAR. Um. So they've probably had more looks at it than I have. I said I've seen it like six, seven times. They've probably had 10, 10, 11 looks at it to get it right. And I don't know who was in the box that day doing the uh, VAR refing, but I don't know what they've seen to justify that. I mean, us four have all agreed that we disagree. The nation, it seems, everyone I've seen, all the pundits and whatnot. Um, but the one man's made the decision. And uh, I mean, more than likely. But I mean, for everything, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to feel for Tottenham. I mean, they've, they've not had the best start to the season. Good bar last week when they absolutely... Who did they smash? I can't remember, but they um, obviously some got the hat-trick. No four goals even. Southampton, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Southampton, that's the one. But they kind of needed that. And it's fucked them up, basically. And I don't, I don't know what they've seen there to justify that because nobody who I've spoke to agrees with it and... The one man that matters, or the men that mattered, have seen completely different and beyond yeah. me, completely beyond me. This is where I have a bit of a problem with VAR because it's happened a few times. It happened last week with United and Palace as well with the Lindelof handball. It happened with that uh, one in the World Cup with uh, France and Australia. I think the VAR makes it worse because they overanalyze it and overthink what when they should just logically just look at it and go, okay, that's a natural reaction towards the ball. He's not intentionally going to handball it. But they've looked at it like eight or nine times. It's like confirmation bias in your brain. They just go, it's his hand. It's a hat, it's handball. Instead of just logically thinking, no, he's not intentionally handballing it. It's not a handball. I think VAR makes that worse because it's just like, then they can make that stupid argument where, well, we hit his hand and everyone just goes, oh, yeah, but if someone blasts it at your hand, is that handball? It's like, you know what I mean? It's just stupid, really. I think See, VAR makes that worse. I'll I throw this at... Parsons and Jamie in particular being Baggies fans Koi Havertz what do you make of that and the, was it different? Because it is and it is that one looks more you, of a handball then yeah there has to be consistency now if you're going to give the Tottenham one you've got to give and you're going to give the Man U Brighton one as well you have to give the Chelsea one you can't just say this one isn't this one isn't if the rule is unfortunately which it looks like hit your hand it's a handball that has to be blanket across every game. There can't be if, buts, or maybe's about it. But that'll be abused. People I don't are going think to deliberately do it. Then they're going to kick it at people deliberately to try and get handballs. Well, no, that that's a bit different. I mean, if someone's blasting a ball at you, fair enough. If you're if a ball's coming in and you the ball hits your hand and you're affecting the play, that's the rule. I don't agree with that rule. Don't get me wrong, but my point is that in Tottenham's game. They're using that rule and they're sticking by that rule. In the Man U Brighton game, they're using that rule and they're sticking by that rule. West Brom Chelsea game, they're going, okay, let's not use that rule. You have to be consistent and use it everywhere. 
Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. It, for me, 100% it was a penalty. Um, not, not a penalty. <laughs> a foul. That's a different rule. That's different next rule. season. <laughs> you had ball in the box, you get a penalty up the other end. <laughs> what a surprise there. Um, no, it was, it, it was definitely a ball. It should have been a free kick to us. You know, it, I just wish they'd changed the handball rule back to how it was before. If your hand touches the ball, it's you know it, it's a foul given. If it's a ball blasted at you, as you said, Jay, you know if the ball hits you and you can't do anything about it, then yeah, no, of course you, you know, gotta use common sense. If you yeah, you know, if you're standing like, hands by the side and the ball blasts you in the arm, of course it's not a handball. Yeah, if you're trying to jump up for the ball like Eric Dyer's position. He's not, you know, he's using his arms to elevate his body, trying to get head that ball. The ball hits his hand. He's not looking at it. He's not purposely moving his hand in the way. That's not a penalty. The, the rules are just bollocks. Yeah. yeah, I agree with what Roy Hodgson said. Yeah, he came out after the Paris game, and even, you know, even he said, yeah, get back to the old handball rules. Scrap this new rule because the, the new rules only think I think it's only come in for this season, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's be honest. Try away. We know it's not working. It's not good enough. It's not the rule that it needs to be. Go back to the old rule. Handball, yeah, handball's handball unless the yeah you know, the ball's hitting and then it's obviously it's ball to hand. But, it takes a lot to make Roy angry as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was fuming. Uh, why? Why did you not see him? Uh... Did they, when they played Man U, did you yeah. not see him going at the touchline with the water bottles? <laughs> you seen that video? He walks up and there's a load of water bottles that have been left there by the players, obviously. And he's picking them up and he's shaking his head. And he's saying to his sister, you can't hear what he's saying, but he's fuming that they've just let these water bottles all over the side of the pitch. <laughs> right after. Littering is not good, oh, whether it's in the player. stadium or outside. Don't litter. It's not. Yeah. Right, we'll leave it there with the analysis for the games. Parson, you said you've got all the results written down. Uh, yes, I do. Do you want to reel off the ones that we've missed and we just will ignore them and not talk about them? We'll acknowledge them shortly now, what you've said. <laughs> uh, yes, so the first game... Well, I'm going to go in order of the games that were played. So, Bar Brighton and United. Uh, it's Palace 1, Everton 2, Coyate scoring for Palace, uh, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison scoring for Everton. Uh, Burnley nil, Southampton 1. Danny Ings getting on the score sheet again. we got Sheffield United nil, Leeds 1. Winning the uh, Yorkshire Derby with Bamford getting the winner. Uh, Spurs we've done, City we've done. Um, West Ham Wolves we've done. Yeah, done quite a few here. Uh, Fulham nil, uh, Villa 3. Uh, we've Grealish, Hurain and Mings getting on the score sheet. And hooray. <laughs> he said hooray, not hooray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hurry hand, whatever his fucking name is. Hula hoop. Hula hoop. Hula hoop scored. Uh, that's his... Hurricane. There we go. We'll stick with Hurricane. Uh, and last but not least, last night, the final game, Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1, with Mane, Robertson, Jota scoring for Liverpool and Alakazoo game for Arsenal. Excellent. Thank you for listening to the very first P4YB football podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. You can join the conversation by following our Twitter at P4YB podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, and we'll see you next time.